What's going on, guys? It's your boy Mixmaster B here live from the MMB Radio Studios for the MMB Radio Podcast, where no topic is too big or too small. We talk about them all. And on the phone lines right now, it's a huge honor and a pleasure for me to have one of the most decorated pro wrestling superstars in the history of the business, over 20 championships won, the only man to have held the ECW, WWE, and TNA World Championships, the whole effing show. Mr. RVD, Rob Van Dam. Rob, what's going on today? Hey, dude. Happy quarantine. Proper yeah. intro. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're all living in this quarantine stage. And, um, you know, I forgot to mention I, I was practicing my intro. And it's like, you know, every time I hear Battle Creek, Michigan, you're the first name that pops up to, you know, to mind. Um, but where, where are you? Where are you at right now? Hanging out during quarantine? So right now I'm in uh, Las Vegas, where I've lived for like the last uh, year and a half. Quite a big, quite a big change up from Battle Creek, Michigan. As cool as Battle Creek sounds, uh, if you go and visit, you're gonna be a little disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> the weather situation is definitely different, I would assume too. For sure, you know, I grew up in the um, surrounded by the Great Lakes, so that we had a lot of cold. And we had hot in the summer, too, extreme temperatures. Um, and it does get extreme out here in, in Nevada, but not nearly as much. It's beautiful right now. Sometimes it's too hot, and it does get cold, too, uh, at, at times. When I lived in L.A., that, that was, like, the most consistent weather, which is a short four-hour drive from here. Um, but here in the desert, it's, like, it's amazing. A few nights ago, it was like one in the morning or something and Katie and I were outside. Like, doesn't it feel perfect outside? It just feels so perfect. We looked it up. It was 90 degrees. I had no idea. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing when you can go out and it feels like, you know, just chill, relaxed weather. Um, and as I mentioned, one of the most decorated champions in all of pro wrestling, over 20 championships won. I mean, you've been in the business for, I mean, which feels like an entire lifetime as, as far back as I can remember. What is one of the moments that just stands out for the most of you in your entire career to this date? Uh, the most recent moment, my last match. That's an easy, that's a cheap answer, huh? <laughs> that's a memory. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, so it has been um, a whole lifetime, depending on how old you are. You know, a lot of the wrestlers I've wrestled uh, were either just starting out um, with their lives or they weren't even born yet if they're in their twenties. <laughs> I've been wrestling for 30 years, so it's been a long time. Yeah. Well, yeah, Katie's been a lot. <laughs> Thanks Katie. <laughs> Thanks and, for a uh, reminder. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been a long time. You know, it's, it's, there's so many different moments I could, I could choose. Uh, and I mean, the one that, that pops up into mind you know, was, was, uh, what I, my crowning moment. And it's because not just because I beat John Cena and won the uh, WWE championship. It's because I did that by sticking to my guns. You know, I mean, uh, even before ECW, Sabu and I were smack, putting each other through tables and everything. My first match I had in ECW with Sabu, I didn't understand afterwards why everyone was so excited and Sabu says, "Oh, we do this all the time, but this was like a great match for everyone else. Like they're, you know, they're 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 excited and thrilled." And I was like, "Oh, because we and Sabu were judging it by was that the best match, you know, or was that you know could we done better?" 
we just we always been that way. So I stuck to my guns. Of course, after ECW folded and uh, Vince, you know, um, I don't think he really liked the crowd chanting ECW every every time uh, one of us was out there in the in the ring. But we we loved it. That was like paid homage to us. That was like, hey, we appreciate all your you know your past efforts and attributions towards the business and and i stuck to that when i had the hardcore title boom i loved it i was like yes mm-hmm. and just like with the hardcore title i was on wwe center stage representing the ecw style once we brought the third brand back so it was cool that i stuck to my my guns and because of that i was the best foot to put forward when we brought ecw back which was the seat i planted in vince's mine so all of that it was was a pretty big accomplishment for me now having lived in the shadows of the ecw arena and it's it's still the ecw arena to me you can call it 2300 you can call it the bingo hall they you know it's still ecw arena for me having grown up in this area 15 minutes from the arena i've seen so many of your matches live in that building what does it mean to you to have been someone who's been almost like an innovator because up to that point, you weren't seeing guys doing some of the, the moves that you were doing unless you were traveling, you know, to Japan or, you know, Mexico. What is it what does it mean to you to be recognized as someone who is an innovator for a lot of the high spots? I mean, it, re- it means as much as anything to me. That's always been important. Just, you know, that's my that's my fundamental drive is setting myself apart from the status quo, you know, from, from when I was a kid, you know, resenting, resenting how you have to try to fit in and, you know, what are you doing wearing those shoes? Those shoes aren't cool. Or, you know, why is your hair like that? You know, that's that stuff that's so stupid. It's so hard when you're a kid, but it's also a locker room mentality too, by the way. Um, so in order to really be an individual, um, you know, I had to stand out. Once I started hearing like, Hey, I'm one of a kind, and my style is so unorthodox. Once I really started hearing that from everybody else and, and I owned it, that, that just became what I, what I was all about. You know, like, hey, I'm one of a kind, but I'm also standing out because I'm the best. I don't just stand out because what I do is different. What I do, I feel is superior. That's why I do it. The fans must agree. So it's it's always been cool. You know, I always, since the very first time I got in the ring, what was important to me and developing my my wrestling um, foundation and persona and career, everything about it for me was coming up with moves I'd never seen before. The split-legged moonsault, I made that up um, and was trying that before I ever had my first match while I was still training to wrestle. And it was just visualizing in my head. And so all the moves that I did um, – you know, when I could come up with something I hadn't seen before and everyone gives me credit for it, it's really cool. And now I get credit because all the other wrestlers are doing all the moves they watched me do while they were growing up. And so I like to throw in the fact that, like you said, nobody else was doing that back then. And the average wrestler, when I got into the business, was probably like close to 100 pounds bigger than the average wrestler now. So it was harder to get in those moves. I had to fit him in, you know, I couldn't go up to, it was all about protecting the business. I had to like work it in. If I'm going to jump over Stan Hansen, it's up to me if I'm going to do a flip or not. He doesn't, he doesn't need to know nowadays. That's one of the things that's so different about the style. I couldn't go up to Abdul the butcher 
and be like, okay, I want to kick you, but I want you to catch my foot, and then one, <laughs> two, three, you push me. You know what I mean? That, that's, yeah. what, that's one of the things that stands out to me in every match now is like, that doesn't fit, that doesn't fit, not into my old school fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the great things that I can say about the RVD character is it's it's they say the best characters are those that are that are loosely to the real genuine person that they are like you are who you are in the ring outside of the ring and so many people have had to reinvent themselves and had to come up with different characters over the years what makes you think that fans have always gravitated to you and the rvd persona is it because it's who you truly are or is it just is there something magical that, you know, that, that, that formula people are looking for? I guess it's probably a combination of everything. You know, when I had my very first matches, I had some fans telling me that I was their favorite out of the whole night. And I was like, what? Cause I got no respect in the dressing room. Everyone treated me like it was my first match. And there was, you know, big fat wrestlers that no one had ever heard of. That were that were the vet, quote veterans. They've been wrestling for ten years because they book themselves once every six months on their own shows, and so I learned right away. You know, even though these guys know a lot more about how it works and this and that, doesn't necessarily make them a better, you know, better um, marketable product. You know, the, the the fans wanting my autograph right away and saying that that means that they that they were like-minded. That means they agreed that the backflips, the splits, the spin kicks, that that is more exciting to watch. That means that they and I both agreed, you know, this is how it should be. So that gave me the, the confidence, uh, you know, right away. And Sabu always told me that, well, we're better than everybody else. These guys are the shits. You know, he always told me that. And whatever he said was just word to me. That's how I was brought in was, you know, forget everybody else. Listen to Sheik and Sabu. No one else knows what, what the fuck they're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's what I was taught. It proved to be right, you know, and, and that, that kind of kept me towards um, just just listening to them, you know. And they didn't have me in the, in, the, in the mirror doing promos, you know, pretending I'm Macho Man Savage and stuff like that, you know. Like, um, the, the wrestlers that really make it to the top, they get heat with guys like me because we're because – Man, they really believe themselves. This this motherfucker really believes he's the best thing on earth, and that everyone wants to be him. Man, fuck this guy. I want to beat his ass. That's hope we can swear on this. <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're <laughs> good, dude. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, being in the competitive state of mind of being in that dressing room, that's how I looked at, and you know those guys. But the truth is, you do got to be believing yourself and be a little bit crazy, you know, to even uh, make it all the way to the top. So I think since I wasn't in the mirror going, I'm going to rip you apart and destroy you and eat your kids <laughs> because I wasn't doing all that. Uh, and I came in a little bit more with the physical moves first, staying away from doing promos. I was scared of the camera doing, you know, for, for years I was like, Oh my God, I hate, you know, cause I knew that that was my weak point. I think a, a lot of that had to do with why I was able to just develop while being myself. And I think that's one of the cool things and why people, again, generated or, you know, towards you because of that being so genuine, being yourself, 
there's a lot of times where I can personally say that I watch matches and maybe, maybe I'm a little jaded because I've been watching it, you know, for 30 some years, you know, growing up watching wrestling, but it's almost to the point where the guy's in a ring and he's cutting a promo and you can almost say word for word what he's going to say. And I always tell people, I said, the, the most overused phrase I hear in wrestling is without a shadow of a doubt. I always hear like them say it in the middle of a promo. And I've right. always, I always love the fact that you were so genuine and it was just like, dude, I could totally like fucking relate to this guy because he's just like out there having fun, you know, kicking ass and, you know, doing crazy wild shit. While not saying everybody else came off, uh, you know, phony, but like you just I for me, that's my personal feelings on it. I just gravitated yeah. to more because of that. Well, that's cool. And it really it's hard to not believe in yourself when you're just when your character, when you're just believing yourself, <laughs> you're just being yourself. You know what I mean? Like nobody else can tell me, nobody else can tell me that I'm doing me wrong. It's like it's <laughs> offensive when, when people even offer their opinions, which they have a right to do. But like on social media, when I read things, they're like, "Rob, you, you should do more of this," or, or "You should, uh, you know, I love you, but I wish you didn't do this," or "Stay away from that," or "You should." Whenever they do that, I'm my first instinctive thought is, "Okay, so you think you'd be a better RVD than I am, huh? You think you're better at making choices because that where I am in life." all because of making the right choices. And there's, there's, uh, there's really, I mean, there's exceptions to everything, but when I look back, everything in life is about a choice. I mean, you know, sure, maybe luck or good timing might have a lot to, to do with some particular circumstances, but you look back at it, it's always about making choices, and you have to be good at making choices to be good at life, right? Yeah, totally agree. Now, what is one of the, the driving forces that, that makes you get up every morning and continue to do what you do every day in a day in and day out basis? Well, <laughs> first off, <laughs> there's the fact that I have no choice. <laughs> Excuse me. Smaller hits, there, Rob. Smaller hits. That's one of my drives, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, you have, so not really like I have a choice. Uh, can I sleep the whole day away or, you know, do I need to get up and eat? But it's, uh, you know, I really love my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I pretty much am what I would have loved to have been as a kid, fantasizing. You know, uh, I do, uh, you know, with the wrestling, uh, um, Katie and Jennifer aren't a bad uh, couple of bad feathers to put in my cap. Uh, sure, sure. <laughs> I have a sweet house. But, you know, and people are excited to see me, like, wherever I go. People recognize me, you know, and they, and it just it brightens their day just by seeing me. They get excited. Oh, dude, RV, yes, dude, dude, I got to get a picture, man. Oh, yeah, they're, they're grown men become like little kids. It's, like, so cool. And, like, everything that I, that I did, I think, as a kid that I was drawn to, you know, comic books, uh, martial arts movies and stuff, it's like I, you know, I, I I do or did all of that, and um, and so I'm I'm very happy, and and you know, Katie and I like almost every day talk about how much we're enjoying quarantine. I don't want to rub that in because I know a lot of people don't have the same uh, situations, you know. But I we're mostly uh, homebodies when we're not working. Uh, we stay home. Sometimes I'm home for like a week and I never leave the house, um, and. And I, I love my life. I have everything here that I need. Um, and so, yeah, we, we're both uh, also are very positively influenced, which is so great. Like, we don't fight. 
We don't yell. We don't have any of that in the house. You know, we were talking about that the other day, how interesting it is. We're watching TV. She made out the point that like um, normal boring people watch us on TV and here we are on TV watching them and all the reality <laughs> shows and, <laughs> and we're and we're amazed at their lives because there's but you know when they're screaming and yelling at each other and stuff it's like oh my god I would just hate to have that in my house I had it growing up you know I had a brother a sister you know we would fight and yell and stuff and I just I can't imagine because life has always been about improving it to me finding out learning, you know, studying what I need, what I love in life, what would make my life better, what would make my life worse. I mean, it's been a constant 49 year study of that. And my life is, you know, at its, at its best. And I, I felt five years ago, probably like it was at its best. Uh, probably don't go back there and I make me prove it, but uh, <laughs> I just, I just feel like it's always getting better. And so I'm always optimistic, always looking forward to things that are in the works, you know, that are still, that are still uh, materializing to to come into uh, come into play. I think it's you know I'm not very gr- I'm grateful. I guess that's the, the the that's the word that I would use to answer your question. The, the, how I get up every morning and do what I do. I'm grateful for my life. I'm uh, I'm grateful for all the opportunities I get and um, and and Katie is too. So it's a shared vibe that's in our house. I don't take I don't take stuff for granted. I've never been a guy to to think um, that I'm uh, some kind of better form of human being because I'm famous. Like, I don't get that. You know, when people, people come up to me and they say, Oh, I met so-and-so man. And you know, he, he was a dick, you know, and they come up. I know, I know you hate this, you know, but can I get a picture with you? I'm like, I don't hate it. Why, why do you think I hate it? Why? No. Cause people don't want to be bothered. I'm like, fuck those people. Like they're assholes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think with the whole COVID situation, it's definitely for a lot of people have changed their, their outlook on life. It allows you to appreciate things a lot more when you, what you take for granted, whether you consciously took, took it for granted or it just kind of, you know, just happened. I mean, there's a lot of things that we, we can't do right now that we you were so used to doing it. You see people getting upset and frustrated with it. But I think you really kind of... Uh, hit the nail right on the head there is where, you know, just be grateful, you know, that we're waking up every morning and having, you know, family and friends and good health, you know, and other things will fall into place. Um, you have to, you have to be. And honestly, I studied it, you know, like when I left WWE in 2007, I think it was, um, I, I was like, I needed a big change up in my mindset and in my relationship with life because I was just, I was burnout. Uh, of monotony and and the only me that most people thought was the real me from my perspective was someone that just smoked and, and could say whatever dude and that was it and they loved that guy and that's cool but at that point i remember in life i wanted so bad to explore my inner thoughts and share them as a real person and to improve my spirituality and there were certain books like the secret the celestine prophecy the four agreements, they helped me so much um, by, by reiterating what I already knew and what I already felt and strengthening my values. And, and, and it just, it, those books helped me and changed my perspective on life so much. It made me feel like I'm a much better person. So I like myself better. And there's all kinds of benefits that, that come with that. So we got mind, body and spirit. I was working on the body, you know, all along through the career 
uh, working on the mind, the, the the spirits a little bit neglected, you know. And I and I started doing that, like I say, around then. And it's still something uh, that that I'm into that I realized really put me in a more positive place. Tuning in and finding out how much I'm inspiring people, and uh, and that's amazing, and and how much I can just help people, and how how much my energy picks up. By picking up other people's energy, and that's part of the whole the way that energy works, you know, and that's stuff that I read. About. So, so yeah, um, it it really became uh, you know being being have, being in that attitude of gratitude. I really learned it uh, from from then. And honestly, I mean, let's I mean, dude, how many of my friends have passed away? I mean, we just lost Chad Gaspard, and and it's so sad, you know, what happened uh, to him at Venice mm-hmm. Beach out in the ocean. It's like. A lot of my friends have committed suicide, usually, you know, from depression, and then it seems like from concussions. And it's like, how can you not feel grateful when you bury like so many people that you know, and you realize like, you know, you're you're one of the ones that that gets to keep going. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, hell yeah, I'm I'm grateful every moment. I always say the saying that I, I like to live by is control what you can control. There's no point in beating yourself up or trying to change something that is for whatever reasons you know stars and planets align that you're not able to change something at that moment you know it's best to work on your own personal self and allow that energy that you're putting out for other people to take in and change you know like for me to be able to do what i'm doing right now hosting a show and messaging you online and you turning around being like absolutely dude like let's let's do this let's set it up like that's that's a motivating force for me, and I'm hoping when people are listening to this now, they're gonna say the same thing. They're like, you know, like RVD, like that dude is chill as fuck. That's why, you know, I'm gonna get up tomorrow and I'm gonna go, you know, finish this project, whatever that project may be. So I think that's really awesome that you're saying that. And you know, as you mentioned about Shad passing away, and it's just so many great stories I heard about him. And you know, the guy died a hero. You know, he said, you know, save my son first, you know, and it's just it's just stuff like that that just really kind of, you know, pulls at the heartstrings and realizes that, like, we're all on a timer right now. You know, we just don't know what the countdown clock is, you know, so live for the moment because you don't know when that Absolutely. moment's going to end. Absolutely. That's, you know, you said a lot of a lot of good, good words to live by there. And that is totally how I how I see the world. And so I've always I've, I've heard for years. Even when I was in a really bad mood and my life felt like it was falling apart, you know, um, with deaths and divorce and everything around me, I would still hear from people uh, how much I was inspiring them and how much they appreciated that I always just exuded this positive energy. And I was like, that is fantastic because I, I feel like shit, but, they, but, but it's not translating to that by the time it leaves my body. So I felt like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm really doing uh, well here because I don't want everyone to look at me and then, and then feel negative, you know? So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it, it's awesome. My, my parents would say that I was always like a, a calm child, not one to get like uh, very emotional uh, over, over a whole lot. And, um, and so, you know, as an adult putting focus into that, uh, that's been just very, very organic. And, and so it's just about, you know, learning, uh, and like I said, those books, uh, they helped me so much and just studying life and then, you know, learning, uh, simple things, you know, like, uh, your thoughts control your feelings and we actually can control what we're thinking about. 
my dog. I don't think she can control what she thinks about. I don't know for sure, but I think she's got like a one track mind and she's just thinking about what she's looking at. But uh, with us, you know, sometimes, I mean, you can't think bad thoughts and feel good at the same time. So if you're thinking bad thoughts, of course, that's what you're vibrating. You can't think good thoughts while you're feeling bad at the same time. So if you want to change the vibe you're putting out, you know, think about something good. Think about something happy. Have some go-tos, you know. But, hey, you know, look at a picture of your your kids or, or whatever it is, and you'll feel yourself smile inside. Boom, it totally changes what you're putting out there um, into the universe. And it changes your whole vibration. It's just, it, it's great to, for me, it's been great to put a lot of time and energy into that whole world that, that so many people have no interest in and never ever even think about bettering themselves in that way. And it becomes so obvious the more you study it. But so that's part of what makes me me. Yeah. And it's, and in, I include in my social media bios all the time, I always have PMA positive mental attitude. And I always tell people, I was like, it's always good to hear somebody tell you something positive. Like you mentioned, having fans tell you that you motivate them when you could be in, you know, in a low period in your, in your life, hearing that is just kind of like, it's contagious, you know, having that positive mental attitude is contagious. And, uh, there's, there's way too much screwed up shit in this world right now for us to, you know what I mean? Promote hate and, and negativity. So, uh, definitely much respect to you for, you know, continuing that track and influencing so many other people in, in that thought process. So I, I thank you for that. Cool. Absolutely. And, um, you know, while, while we're talking about this, um, sometimes I do stand up comedy. It's something that I enjoy doing. I enjoy writing, um, the material. I enjoy delivering it and seeing, you know, how it's, how it's taken. It's just like a match as far as predicting the crowd reaction and, and then comparing it, uh, when you're out there and, and feeling like, okay, yeah, this is going to be a pop. This will be a pop. I enjoy it. There's nothing that I want to do all the time though, full time. It's, you know, so it's hard for people to understand that something I like to do sometimes, but um, I'm not trying to switch over and do anything. I'm actually, I don't know. I don't like to use the word. Well, I don't know. I can use the word. People don't like to hear the word lazy, but let me, but to be perfectly honest, I prefer a day off to a day on and I, and I really prefer um, chilling uh, than over, working you know or even leaving the house so that that works against that anyway bringing a camera on this uh comedy tour that i was going to do mm-hmm. and uh, I, sh- I showed up with double vision and uh it was because i had a match three days before i got a concussion got my head whacked and every time i get that happens to me it goes right away this time it's been a couple of days so i still think let's go ahead with the plan let's see the comedy tour we'll film it um, maybe I'll talk about my vision and we just a little bit, but we just won't use it, you know, because I'm sure I'll feel fine tomorrow. And then, you know, but as a plan B, I'll just start talking about it. Well, the, the double vision go away and, uh, the movie had to go, uh, had to go past, past the tour and follow me home. And I had to get my head examined and MRIs and scans and, uh, visual therapy and all. It became like a really big, uh, a much bigger project that, than it would have been. Um, and, and the movie is called headstrong. It's on Amazon. And I was very, you know, I, me and one other guy made this whole movie frame by frame. And so I was very proud of the way it turned out. But once I started getting the feedback 
from everyone that watched it. I couldn't have predicted this, but everyone was telling me like it inspired them so much. And it's that same thing we're talking about that my energy inspired them and motivated them and made them feel good. And seeing me overcome obstacles in my life uh, made them relate to me in a way they didn't know that they could relate to me. So all of a sudden, uh, because of that, and because it talks about concussions so much and people relate to me because they've had concussions uh, because of all that, that I, it, the movie became so much more important. Now I want everyone to see Headstrong uh, because of that, because it inspires people, but also because I want the conversation of concussions to continue. Just like marijuana, concussions are a bad word. You know, like it's still conversation a lot of higher ups want to avoid. I want to talk about it because that's where we learn more, where we can advance and find out a way to. Uh, to treat damage from concussions. And that's become very important to me. Like I said, I've had, I've had hundreds of concussions myself. Uh, I'm fortunate, you know, I don't, I, I'm still good. Uh, a lot of my friends have worse long-term damage in their brains. And then, like I said earlier, a lot of my friends end up killing themselves. It ends up being at the end of an equation that starts with, uh, with the concussions. So that was actually the whole motivation behind me coming up with RVD CBD. I was reading about all the benefits CBD uh, has on the brain and the CBG could actually regenerate dead brain tissue. And I said, look, I got, you know, this is something I definitely want to get behind. And, um, and, and, and so now, now until I get that brain formula, that will be my drive. Um, and then when I do get it, uh, whatever it is, I, I will always be working on trying to improve it. Now, it's it's great that you led into that. So the RVD, CBD. So CBD, which has is, is been all the rage for the last couple of years, people are, you know, promoting it and they all have their brands for it and everything. For people who are hearing about CBD for the first time and right away people think of CBD and they think of cannabis and, you know, all that. For people that are confused and don't understand it, what's give them the kind of like the science behind it of what CBD yeah. is and what it does and the differences between, because people, I tell them all the time about, you know, the different you know, uh, topicals and stuff like that. And they're like, Oh, I'm just going to get high off it. I'm not going to, it's weed. And right. so explain to everybody out there who are just uneducated on what it all is and what yeah. it's about. Yeah. And I love being in the position of being the go-to guy for concussion information and for uh, information like this. Obviously I spent years advocating marijuana I kind of backed off of it for a while because it became a downhill fight, but now I'm back in that whole industry talking with all the people that are grateful for what I did years ago, helping to change the laws and stuff. So it's so awesome and, and organic. And here's the deal. So we've had uh, marijuana forever and we've always only talked about THC with marijuana. Marijuana gets you high, um, but it's been illegal to study the plant. And so we, you know, we actually had a block on learning anything more about the plant, but we knew that it has around a hundred different components, uh, properties that are, that are, that are just characteristics of the plant. We call them uh, cannabinoids over a hundred, depending on, you know, which kind and what you eat, you know, up to maybe 120 and THC is only one of them. And so now that it's getting, uh, becoming legal in different states, and they're able to do some research, even a lot of it's still hidden and it's still federally illegal. Um, we're learning a lot more about it. So now besides THC, there's another cannabinoid 
uh, called CBD, which looks almost the exact same on a chemical breakdown, but there's a few changes on it. It's shaped a little bit different. And, and because of that, it affects the body a little different. Um, the, the way that the, uh, the plant affects our body is that we have our own system inside of us. It's called the endocannabinoid system, and it's a message center that goes throughout our body, and it controls all kinds of things from moods to appetite, uh, even, even bone density, hormone levels, all kinds of stuff. And the way that our body operates, our brain produces these little endocannabinoids which are very much like the THC and CBD uh, cannabinoid. We call them endo because they're produced inside the body. And so you're, so like, say you're really mad, you're arguing. And then uh, in order to get over that fight and in in order to be able to be in a better mood and to forget um, that the, the, the thing that was making me so mad, what, you know, besides the dopamines and, 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 um, and things like that, the brain uh, releases these endocannabinoids that go through your body and they attach onto these receptors that are on your internal system. And when it, it attaches on the receptors, then it, then it turns on certain things. And then your message center says, okay, we're going to elevate the mood. We're going to do this five releasing the dopamines. We're going to, and serotonin levels and boom, you know, we're going to, like I said, your appetite, every, there's so much that it controls. So when you, when you bring in, the external cannabinoids into your body, it mimics those uh, endo, I don't want to keep saying the word, those little, uh, and it, it attaches onto your system. When you're smoking, the THC will attach onto all those systems, and that's what makes you high, what makes you think things are funny, what makes you hungry, etc. Now, if you take just the CBD, and by the way, a marijuana plant will have both, THC and CBD and tons of other things in it, but if you, but now we're able to separate. If you just take the CBD, that that may affect you in a way that's very much like the marijuana, but different in certain ways, which may be favorable. Say you want to, uh, you want your body to feel good, you want your pain to go away, uh, but you want to be able to focus. You don't want to have a short attention span. You don't want to get the giggles. Uh, things like this. That, that's what you might be able to expect just from the CBD. So what we're doing now is we're, we're, ra- we're rationalizing it so you can get different ratios for different effects. And besides the CBD, we got CBG, we got CBN, we got um, all these other things that we don't even know about that are still coming. So eventually we're going to be able to pick uh, the results exactly as we want them. Hey, I want to, I got to study tonight. You know, I want to feel good. I want to have good energy. Um, I don't have, I don't want the munch, so I don't want to take a break. I don't want to eat. I don't want short attempts. I want this and that. I don't want, you know, to be tired, whatever. We're going to be able to check boxes off someday and know what to go to, to target the results that we want. Like that's, that's where the science is heading, which is awesome. And how we take the CBDs in totally affects the results we get too, because the endocannabinoid system that I said, it's in two parts inside of our body. We also have receptors all over our body, like on our skin. That's why, like, if we use topicals, the, we'll get a local effect. If I put the um, RVD CBD pain cream on my shoulder, my shoulder will feel better because of the receptors right on the skin. I'm not going to expect that topical to get into my body and affect my brain the same way that, like, uh, tinctures would. 
t-shirts you can put under your tongue that's probably the best way to go for certain results like you know if you have anxieties and cbd is going to help you with that well you're not going to probably put a topical on your knee to get that result you know and the thing is there's no federal guidelines and because of that it's all still experimenting so you really got to see what works for you and, and there's no daily recommended dosage Online, it'll tell you to take anywhere from 20 milligrams to 300 milligrams a day. Um, I take a couple hundred milligrams myself. Some people, they only need 20 milligrams. They tell me they get great results. That's why it's up to the, um, it's up to the person how they react. With, with my pain cream and my tinctures, I made a choice. I figured some people like me need, need a higher dosage. So I really amped it up, and it's different because of that, because most creams don't go this high, 3,000 milligrams. And, uh, and because, you know, if, if you're taking 300 a day, that's only going to last you 10 days. If, you, if your jar has 500 milligrams, like a lot of the other ones, it's only going to last you one night, and you're going to be done. So that's why I did that. And if you only need 20 milligrams and you get a 3,000 milligram jar, great. You don't need to use this much, and it'll last you a lot longer. And... The decisions that I made to make it stronger paid off because just like with the movie, all the feedback I'm getting is from people telling me how much I've helped them. Um, the reviews are amazing. Like you'd be amazed that people tell me like, dude, we've tried every CBD product. We're about to give up on them. And then we tried already CBD cream. My pain went away. You know, I gave some to my grandpa. He uses it. He loves it. Like just, mm -hmm. just that alone, the feedback, feedback I get, from the uh, the CBD and from the movie are just so uplifting and so positive. It's like everyone's thanking me for for doing this. So it's like I just plan on spending more time with it in the future. Well, you hear so much on the news and everything about opioids and people being addicted to opioids and stuff like that. So it seems like the the CBD and the different uh, the science and the, the experimental drugs that they're they're testing out right now might be a, a safer alternative to people because it's not something you can get hooked on. You know, it's, it's kind of like, like you said, it triggers different parts that would not be the same if you were taking an, an opioid pill, correct? That's correct. It, it affects the body completely different. It works in a different way. And yeah, um, you really can't get safer than, than the cannabis plant. And that's why I've always been um, advocating it since like 97 or 98 when I, uh, when I did that first High Times Magazine interview. And I started like around that time, I was just learning like how it can help so many people. And then they don't want, they, meaning the, the one percenters, they don't want all this information out and the whole hate for better, for lack of a better word, um, the whole um, against marijuana has always been based on mis purposely um, put out their misinformation. It's crazy. Like the government back in 1936, uh, Harry Anslinger was going around from school to school showing the parents Reefer Madness, the movie, telling telling them that kids are getting addicted, uh, you know, by the handfuls, and it makes them violent and crazy, and they're not themselves anymore. And 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 that was really what they used to um, prohibit marijuana. And the and the thing that you know, I mean, now people think like somebody might say, yeah, that's kind of funny, but the world used to be weird like that. But the thing is, it's in 1970, Richard Nixon put cannabis on the controlled substance list 
And it's a schedule one, which means the most harmful to health and society, absolutely zero medicinal benefit. And when Nixon put that on there, it was supposed to be temporarily placed while they studied it. While this guy, uh, I think William Taft was his name, he came back um, with the uh, with the report, and uh, Nixon didn't like it because it said, "No, no, it's safe. It's not addictive. Um, there's no harm in smoking too much." So they trashed that. So now in 2020, cannabis is still a Schedule One controlled substance, and then Schedule Two, meaning safer for you, better for you in the environment, higher in medicinal value. Schedule two is where you find meth and where you find cocaine. Mm-hmm. And so if people, if, if people knew that, that I was telling the truth and that really was the way it is, which you can look it up, that that's what they use to ruin people's lives, uh, but also to further their agenda, you know, because as long as they can keep you from buying marijuana, they can sell more drugs, um, you know, alcohol and tobacco, they can sell more of that. I mean, the plant is the most versatile plant on the, on the planet. I mean, you can, you, can, you know, I mean, the fuel companies don't want you to use hemp seed oil. Uh, there's, there's so many big companies that are the only reason the marijuana is prohibited because that's how our, our world is run, but you can't overdose on marijuana. So as far as safety goes, uh, you can't physically smoke enough marijuana to reach a toxic level of, of fatality. So it really doesn't get much safer than that. The danger has always been with the law. And, and according to Forbes, it says that the global cannabis industry is estimated to be worth like $7.7 billion and is, is going to jump up to $31 billion by next year. So there's money to be made in this business as well. There, There is. And so the same people who have always been in charge of prohibition are learning how to take control of it. They're buying up all of the uh, big fields so they can have their grow farms. And, you know, we've been hearing about these big uh, Walmarts, like properties are bought up with plants that have like big Walmart distribution centers of, of cannabis. And, and so, yeah, well, once they learn to make all the money off of it, then they'll flip the switch and then, then everything will be legalized. We're, we're there in control. Maybe they'll buy up all of us uh, CBD companies and, and stuff as well. Um, but that's the way that we've all been watching the movement go, for sure. Now, if somebody wanted to pick up some RVD CBD, what, and they just wanted to kind of just like journey into that world for the first time, what's something you would recommend to somebody? I mean, is there different like, uh, like beginner stages to it? Or, you know, like how does somebody get into, you know, using the product with not just jumping, you know, head into it. Is there, you know, a stage I have well, to get into it? Well, I mean, obviously it depends on what kind of symptoms they have and, and the reason that, that they, you know, the results that they want from the, from the CBD. Uh, and there's so many different things that, that people can uh, and do report benefits from um, so many different things. And so depending on, what you're dealing with, uh, you might want to take uh, a topical uh, or there's like pill forms or you can eat it. There's smokable flour, um, which which we'll have at RVD CBD real soon. And, um, and so because of that, I mean, depending on what you're looking for, I mean, I would narrow it down first to what I would recommend. And then, and then you know, sampling it, you know, you got, like I said, we're still at an experimental stage, but pretty much that's what life is anyway. You know, we, 
we're experimenting, even if we're just using guidelines by other people that have experimented, even if it's written down as, as, as directions, you know? Um, so get a, you know, I would try to get a sample, um, of it and, and then try it. It's really that simple. Say you've had, uh, say you have like, um, pain in, in your, I don't know, in your, in your back, you know, for a long time, you're like, you know, I wonder, maybe I'll just try that pain cream and see if it helps. Then you, you literally just at, apply it. Um, and, and then right, a, right away, first off with my stuff, um, I have a lot of, um, the menthol vapor in it. So right away when you put it on, it penetrates, it soothes, you feel it working. A lot of the pain creams don't have that. So it just feels like you're putting hand lotion on and then you're crossing your fingers, hoping that it gets into your system and that it, and that it does its thing. You know, that's, that's something like when you take tinctures, like you don't actually feel yourself heal, but with the menthol, you actually feel it working right away and it'll make you feel better right away. Start loosening your muscle up. Um, and then once it gets in there, then, uh, you know, see how the pain, how long it takes for the pain to come back. Um, when it does come back, if it's as bad and, um, read a lot of the, you know, we're, we're, we're working on getting everyone that's been giving us these, this feedback, leave reviews on the website, rvdcbd.com. So we're getting people to do that more and more. So I would recommend that read the reviews, um, and see what other people are saying about their experiences with it. Um, and, and then, you know, get it, you have to get, like I said, you get the product right now. I only have the paint cream and the tinctures and rolling papers, but, uh, there's so many contracts on the table that are at different stages to be signed, which in the future will bring forth everything. You know, like I said, soon I'll have the CBD flower and see, uh, CBD vape pens. Of course, we'll have gummies, um, sports drinks. And then I'm going to have RVD THC as well. That is state by state where it's legalized. That's your whole jurisdiction is uh, your license only goes for the state. So I'm working with different people in Oregon and someone different in California, different in Colorado, et cetera. Um, but I'm always looking to grow and really like you got to find out what works best for you because a lot of times for pain, uh, the best, the best cream might be like a 50-50, 50% THC, have CBD, and that might actually, because it works synergetically where that might give you the best result. However, you can't always have THC depending on where you live, mm -hmm. and um, my product has uh, zero in it. Uh, but that, that's, that's possible that you might get, you know, different benefits from uh, something, you know, completely different than, than, than somebody else. You know, that's that's just the way it uh, ever everything is everyone gets different results but that's how i do it dude you get it actually literally uh we have samples sometimes that uh um whether they're giving away on our website uh, or whatever or, or whatever from uh from different things i don't know exactly how to acquire a free sample <laughs> except for <laughs> try to maybe try to email the website and say hey i was listening to rob is there any way i can get one and yeah. maybe they'll send you one yeah well, was, um, I, I saw about the, the rolling papers that people were talking about on um, Twitter, um, and then someone talking about you know you're coming off your own strain of the of uh, the plant, and someone tweeted to me when I told them we were going to have you on. And we we're talking about the CBD, and they wanted to know you know they they have chronic pain. They would love to try CBD, RVD CBD to you know 
um, ease some of that pain, but they were worried about it coming up on any kind of test results for like drug testing. So explain that a little bit. Like, does that, was that affect anything when, you know, their job is going to kind of test them? No, it, it won't. They don't, they won't actually test for the CBD and my product has zero THC. So if it has some THC in it, um, it's called full spectrum. If it has, uh, zero THC, it's called broad spectrum. And all of my products, uh, are broad that I have right now are broad spectrum zero THC. It's not going to show up in any test. It's not, it's not going to get you high, but I'll tell you, like when I smoke the flower, the CBD flower, it's kind of like, it's like, it's almost like smoking, um, some, some marijuana with the exception of I have more clarity um, and focus instead of being like distracted. So it's like, the, you know, like my body will feel good. It's, it's like, uh, it, it, it's really like, um, uh, uh, you know, like I, you got to try it and see what kind of effects you get. Like um, the CBD also, if, so, if, if you know somebody that has had too much THC, they're freaking out, they're paranoid, they're having a, a bad time, you give them CBD to uh well we say bring them down but it doesn't necessarily bring them down but what it does is it gives them that clarity and it takes away you know the other things because when a cbd latches on that receptor inside of us it, it it makes it so a thc can't latch on it. it the way that they're shaped different uh thc will bump bump it off and grab onto that receptor and now it's occupied and that's why it takes control um it's it's a really good thing and the science is going going awesome with it so you won't get high though from the, the tinctures or anything but if you're smoking the cbd flower um you should expect a head change for okay sure. now where do you expect to see rvd cbd in the next couple years what is what is the goals that you have going forward for it um huge worldwide expansion right off the bat i think was it february i think that we just that we opened uh the the gates and then we didn't even sell anything for months. We just kept meeting with other partners, uh, distributors, manufacturers, uh, all these people that were wanted to work with us and, and grow our product. And so we spent so much time just already planning out our growth before we even started selling stuff. We've only been selling for I think I think it's been less than a than a month, and um, and it's doing you know it's doing great. But now a lot of the dispensaries are closed. Uh, for for walk-in service, and you know I want to go to every dispensary in in Vegas uh, someday and and have them uh, at least offer them uh, my product. It'd be awesome to see it on on all the shelves. But but you know we're talking about we're talking to people that are talking about distribution in, in in Puerto Rico and Mexico and England. We were supposed to be at a big CBD convention. Uh, at the beginning of the month in London, but of course with the virus, it got canceled. But I already had distribution lined up in the UK, meetings set up over there, and um, so uh, with the way that things are right now with the the pandemic, I think everything is still going to happen. It's just going to take a little bit longer. And I think that you know I really do have a superior product. I'm proud of it, and always going to put everything into into growing it and making it better. If there's if there's products out there that you know, if someone comes up and says, you know, we can make your, your, your product better by attaching the CBD to a molecule of water and then, and then your body absorbs more of it or whatever. Hey, I'm all for it. If you can make it better, then that's, that's what I want. So I think we're going to spend a lot more time on that 
got more matches with uh, Impact coming up and stuff, uh, of course, and other things. But I really th- expect this uh, the whole CBD company to organically take up more of my time and energy and, and just helping, helping more people. And you can get more information about this at rvdcbd.com. And there's uh, plenty of, of you know literature on there that you can kind of study and, and educate yourself with it. Let everybody else know, Rob, where they can find you at online for social media presence and stay up to date with everything that you're doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm everywhere at The Real RVD, which means Instagram and Twitter right now because I'm in Facebook jail. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of bullshit on Facebook anyway, so you're not missing much. Yeah, uh, but I got like 1.6 million fans on, on my Facebook account, and I think I'm locked out for being an imposter. <laughs> so <laughs> that goes back to you about somebody telling you that they could be a better RVD than you being RVD, you know? So that everything comes full circle. <laughs> it's all, <always, laughs> uh, and also RVD CBD at Instagram, you know, give us a follow there. I want to build that up and we'll always have exciting news to talk about. Sometimes we go live on there at 420 and spark one up. Uh, I'm going to do that again real soon. Awesome. So that's where you can, yeah. That's where you can find us. RobVanDam.com just got just got refreshed or re- remade uh, recently. I haven't been plugging that because I'm not completely sure it's done yet. But and and people that, can uh, get also can get RVD merch on there as well, right? T-shirts yeah, and yeah, stuff it, like that. It's the hub. It's the hub. You should be able to get everything from, from there. Awesome. Yes, well, we, we appreciate you taking some time and educating us and you know just giving some of that positive reinforcement and that energy that you know hopefully everybody listening to this will you know head on over to rvdcbd.com educate yourself you know hopefully this has uh, brought some people's spirits up during a, a very difficult time because a lot of people are going through all kinds of things that we you know can't even wrap our minds around and you know as i mentioned before control what you can control and you know hopefully uh, someone takes something away from this and it feels more empowered and influenced to be greater and be the best version of themselves. And and I thank you for taking the time to talk to me. It was a a true honor and a pleasure. And I've had the opportunity to meet you a couple of times in the past. And I can honestly tell people, they, they ask me all the time, you know, what's it like meeting this guy? What's it like meeting this girl wrestling shows? And I can always say hands down, no kissing ass that you've always been one of the, the most chill people that, you know, I would, go out and support you at any convention any wrestling show and uh it's just been a true honor to have you on and i appreciate you taking the time to talk to us awesome right on dude i enjoyed the conversation all right take care of yourself rob we'll hear from you real soon okay have a great day thanks everybody this is rvd the whole Athens show just want to let you know you're listening to mmb radio <laughs>